welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. You know, as human beings, we all have the ability to look into the future somewhat, become aware of what may just happen to us and to our loved ones, and make the necessary preparations. It's the only wise thing to do. This is especially true in the days of an ongoing pandemic. We might ask the question, what is the best way to protect ourselves, to take the necessary precautions, to prepare for what may or may not happen? Yes, preparations can involve our health choices, educational goals, financial decisions, and personal dreams, and this is good. We often prepare for things that might happen to us. But what about the things that will surely happen to us? Have you prepared for spiritual realities? For your day of departure from this life? For your ultimate destiny? In today's message, Evangelist Mr. Frank Sona would like us to turn our attention to these kind of certainties. Not to be morbid, but to be wise. Wouldn't you love to have such pressing questions settled once and for all? Well, you can. God says you can, and you must. We trust that today's word from the Bible will help you to be ready to meet God, to have your sins forgiven once and for all. Only then will you really start to live. We're living in changing times, and we have seen rapid changes, and the changes are still occurring, in fact. And the problem is that people have not been or have been very ill-prepared for these changes. And as I think of that, one of the words that is being emphasized over and over again during these times is the word prepared. I've heard that I can't tell you how many times. People have failed to be prepared. This situation, whether it's physically, uh, people weren't prepared. How could they? This is a novel virus, this COVID-19. People have been ill-prepared financially. We've been hearing for years about a market correction that's coming, and yet how many times have I heard that we were never prepared for something like this? But the greatest danger and reality is that people are not prepared spiritually. And that is the most important necessity because that affects not just your here and now, but your eternity. And so I would like to not only read from the Bible about this word, but bring you the gospel. I want to read to you from the gospel of Matthew chapter 7, and this is the words of the Lord Jesus. As he speaks to individuals summing up what has been called the Sermon on the Mount. Verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, in other words, they are not prepared, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, and the floods came. The winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. 
It came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. I would like to ask you in relation to not your health and your physical well-being or even your financial situation, but in relation to your soul, in relation to your eternity, your destiny. Are you prepared? Has there been a time in your life when you were saved, when your soul was made ready, when you were ready to meet God, when the issue of your sins had been resolved and you now are absolutely sure, based upon trusting Christ as your own Savior, that you will never perish. You are prepared. The Lord Jesus spoke about being prepared for a disaster that will come upon everyone. And as he uses the illustration of these two men in this parable, he is telling us that there is something that every single one of us are going to experience that we need to be prepared for. There are no special exceptions. There are no exemptions. It's going to come to all. Now, we're a witness today of what it means to be ill-prepared for a physical calamity. But what about death? What about the moment that every one of us is going to go into eternity? I can tell you that I'm prepared. There was a time in my life when I trusted Christ as my Savior as a young boy. I came to know the Lord Jesus. I found out that what he had done on that cross, he did for me through the truth of the Word of God. And that God himself gave me the absolute assurance that no matter what will come, I may not experience every dilemma or every disaster in life, but there is one thing that I will have to experience along with you, my friend. I'm going to have to meet God. I'm thankful to tell you that I'm going to meet him with all my sins forgiven, with Christ as my Savior, and there will be a welcome into heaven because I know now I have eternal life through what the Lord Jesus has done for me personally. The Bible tells often of individuals who have been prepared, who have made preparation. Going right back to the beginning, we read about Noah and a flood that was coming. Many years later, and God gave him instructions, and he responded to those instructions, to the Word of God that God gave him. Doing that is called faith. Responding is obedience. God requires that. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He was prepared when the flood came and he was saved. We think of a man named Joseph and there were years of famine, seven years of famine that were foretold. And Joseph prepared and along with him, the nation of Egypt and many others were spared and saved because they prepared in relation to what was coming. I think of the birth of the Lord Jesus and God himself made preparation that when the fullness of time was come, the book of Galatians tells us God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. What preparation was made from eternity past to think of the very place, the very time, the very manner that Christ would come into the world in relation to saving us from our sin. So I'll ask you again, in light of these people historically, and God himself that made preparation. Are you prepared to meet your God? The prophet Amos asked the people that very question, and I'm going to ask you that personally as a fellow traveler to eternity. Are you prepared to meet God? Now, we have to know what we're prepared for in anything. The Lord Jesus here in this passage in Matthew chapter 7 tells us about 
a storm that was coming upon these men. Today, it's a virus, and we are very much aware of the effects of that virus. The media has informed us. We possibly know friends. The government has told us of preparation that are made, precautions that need to be done, care, washing our hands, social distancing. All of these things are preparation, and it is what we are being prepared for. Now, that requires specific action. That requires action that is suited for what we are being prepared for. It would be ludicrous to make a, a bomb shelter for a coming thunderstorm. It would be ridiculous to wrap yourself in mosquito netting if you were trying to safeguard you and your family from this virus. Mind you, there's times when I had to use mosquito netting when I was in the Caribbean, and they carried diseases, and they literally attacked me in the entire room. I was very glad that I had made preparation that night as I went to sleep. So you have to know what you're prepared for. Sin, death, meeting God, living life itself, being prepared for whatever might come. Now, we not only need to know what to prepare for, and the Word of God tells us that you need to make preparation now, but as well, we need to know when to make preparation. That's critical. The Lord Jesus himself said that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. It is while your journey is taking place here in life that you must make preparation. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 that now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. You must make preparation now. It's too late. There isn't an open-ended opportunity because like everything else, everything has a terminus. Every opportunity has an end. And so when it comes to making preparation for meeting God, that must be done now. Making preparation for being saved, for being ready, ready for death itself. Because no one's really ready to live unless they're ready to die. And so we must make the right time of preparation. When this market crash took place as a result of the announcement and the progress of COVID-19, it was interesting to read about Jeff Bezos, and I'm sure that you've likely heard of him, the CEO of Amazon, sold $3.9 billion worth of stock just three weeks prior to the market crash. While many others had lost billions of dollars and the market had tanked, he was very, very thankful that he had acted at the proper time. God himself is warning you and telling you so that you can be ready that now is the time to make preparation. The greatest loss for a person to experience is not a matter of stocks and bonds. It's not even a matter of their health. It's a matter of their soul. And the word of God is telling you clearly in love for your soul and care for you that God wants you to be prepared, not only what to be prepared for, but when to prepare. Now, it would be one thing to tell a person what to prepare for and when to prepare. But if we don't tell people, if God doesn't tell people how to make that preparation, then you're really not prepared, are you? And so when the Lord Jesus told this parable in Matthew chapter 7, he made it clear that what was necessary was a foundation. And not just a foundation, but the right foundation. 
and the necessity of that was revealed in the day of that final storm. When the wind came, when the rain came down, it's obvious that the man who built upon the rock was ready. And in that moment, when everything slips away, a moment that you can never retract, a moment that will come in everyone's experience, and days like this and times like this have made us so overtly aware, so obviously aware of our mortality, our frailty, but it's brought into light what we already always knew. It is no surprise to us that everyone is going to die someday. Everyone is going to go into eternity. This is not something new. The virus itself is new, but the experience is as old as time. And so the Lord tells us you must have a foundation. He tells us that he himself is the rock and that the soul that is standing firm on him will never perish. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. As he told this parable, it was the rock beneath that provided the needed foundation. The person himself could dig and he could make sure that he had the foundation, but he couldn't be the foundation. It took something outside of himself. That's what being saved means. You cannot save yourself. You cannot do what was needed or necessary. You could not provide what God required for you to be safe and prepared. And so God himself acted in giving his only son. And Christ died for the ungodly. And the Lord Jesus suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. He could say himself, him that comes unto me, I will in no way cast out. That we will have guaranteed the right foundation if we trust Christ. When it comes to this virus, when it comes to the situation we are living in today, and the preparation that people are seeking to make, people will want the right thing, the one thing that will actually work, that which is approved, that which is real. In situations of preparation, when people have not made themselves ready, they've turned to religion. Some have tried a different way of life. They have changed their ways that has made them more aware of, of past deeds. And so they tried to turn over a new leaf and so on. And these are not real solutions. Changing your ways is a good thing if you're living in a way that's not appropriate. But it won't take away one of your sins. It certainly won't provide you with a foundation for meeting God. It will not give you salvation. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saves us. And Ephesians chapter 2 is very clear that it, salvation is not of works. It's the gift of God. And it's given to us freely by his grace. Some have trusted in their money. And they have felt if they have had enough of a stockpile of reserves and resources, they'll be able to weather this out and they'll be much better off. And yet look how that has worked out. But even if you did have sufficient stockpile, the moment you die, you will leave this world with nothing in your hands. And then what will all that matter? The government? Well, there are good things that they're trying to do for us. And we appreciate that. 
But a government, the government can't save, it can't deliver. What is your hope based on? I think we all know the answers to these questions, that these temporary solutions can never, will never provide eternal realities for the salvation of a soul. Spain spent $467 million in a purchase from China that included materials to alleviate the COVID-19 situation medically. It included 5.5 million test kits to test for the virus. Turned out that 70% of them were no good. The Czech Republic also bought millions of test kits. 80% of them were no good. Made by a company called BioEasy. It was very, very easy to acquire them. All they had to do was make a purchase. The problem is they don't work. The problem is that they will never give a right determination of the actual problem. And so as a result of that, people will trust in something that cannot deliver them. And when the diagnosis is wrong, then the treatment cannot be right. If your diagnosis of your situation is wrong, if you are wrong as to where you will be, as to the sins you have in terms of what you've done and what you are before God, then the preparation will be absolutely wrong. And it won't count and it won't matter. God requires one thing. And that one thing he has given you in the person of his son. And he has told you of the warning and how to make preparation and how to be ready. God himself has undertaken to do everything necessary when he gave his only son. He gave the one person, the one thing that was required that our sins might be paid for. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so as a result of that, Christ paid that one payment in full. When he laid down his life, when he died on that cross, Christ also suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. Why? That he might bring us to God. And when you trust him, when you have him, as your own Savior, you will be prepared. You will be ready. Come what may in this life, you will be ready for the next life. Why? Because you have eternal life through Christ the Lord. Trust him. Even now, if you do not know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, you can receive him. You can trust him. It doesn't require any special actions. It doesn't require any special trip. Baptism won't save you. Joining a church won't save you. But people can be saved immediately, right where they are, by trusting him and the finished work of the Lord Jesus upon that cross. And the reality is this, that when Christ died for sinners, I found out that he died for me. He became my savior. And I am prepared. Are you for meeting God? That's all that matters. Trust the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Yes, my friend, in the grand scheme of things, what really matters is knowing for sure where you're going when this life is over is knowing for sure that you have your sins forgiven and peace with God. 
The good thing is this, the preparations for you have already been made. God has made them. Christ has died to take away your sins to ensure a place for you, eternal life in heaven. Does it get any better than that? No, it doesn't. Then make preparations today, here and now, and come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message, and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest to you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.